If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Give me a beat!
Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Off Limits Show. Thanks for joining me on Game Ass tonight. Um, it's uh, Thursday, what is today? November the 6th, 2014. And I am broadcasting to you, as always, from Dallas, Texas, in the heart of Republicanville land. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the show. And tonight I'm talking about several things. As usual, on Gay Mass, we talk about everything and all things gay culture related. So music and topics of conversation, um, news, whatever, uh, we talk about it here on the show. So thanks for listening. If you don't know about me, you can go to offlimitsshow.com. You can also listen uh, to the show live there if you'd like. And also you can listen to all of my shows uh, on Spreaker.com, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Also on iTunes, you can subscribe, excuse me, to the Game Ass uh, Show or Off Limits Show or to the Brain Purge Show. All shows under my little um, umbrella here on iTunes, um, and I think that's it. So you can find me a lot of places. Excuse me, I'm actually I muted myself, but I'm having Perrier. <laughs> it's a little fizzy. Anyway, so thanks for listening to the show. Um, I. Been about a week or so since I've done a show, so I've been busy as always. But um, there's been a lot of things going on in the gay world. Um, one of the things today, or today or yesterday, um, Rose McGowan had mentioned something about gay men being misogynistic, or she quote, quote said, "Gay men are as misogynistic as straight men, if not more so." Now, um, she said that gay men never stand up for female or, or women's rights. And that uh, even lesbians don't stand up for women's rights. Gay people just care about their own rights, essentially is what she said. And she said gay misogyny is a huge, huge problem. <clears throat> now, she's been a, pro a proponent of gay rights for a very long time, so I don't think she's anti-gay. It has nothing to do with her being uh, homophobic or anything. What it has to do with is her own twisted sense of – I don't know. She's basically putting her big foot in her mouth because basically that's fucking untrue, especially about me. If you listen to my show for any time now for the past four or five years – if you listen to my show, you know that I have said many times that I am a feminist. Even though I'm a man, I am a feminist and I believe in women's rights and women should be paid equally, equal to men and women should have the same rights as men every way and are just as capable, capable as men and most things. So when I say most things, I mean physically, you know, um, women generally are less, you know, have less muscle mass. And so in some ways there's obviously differences between the sexes. They're not going to be able to compete the same way necessarily. Not always. There's always an exception, but I'm just saying, but every other way mentally and in most things physically, uh, women are equal to men. And I've said that on my show this all this, all this time. And my show has always been about equality, not in, in justice and justice, not just for, uh, gay people, but for people of all races, all religions, creeds, whatever, atheists, atheists, atheism, you know, I'm a proponent of that as well. And uh, for um, for gays and lesbians as well. So transgender people, uh, intersex people, asexual people, whatever, I am a proponent of everyone having equality. So it's fucking bullshit. I mean, and of course, I don't have a national platform where I'm talking to, I mean, I do have a national platform, but not where the whole nation's listening to my show, obviously. Um, I have a platform where people listen and, you know, my regulars listen to the show, but I don't have a platform like Oprah Winfrey or someone like that, obviously, where my, what I think makes a huge difference to the, to the culture. Uh, she, however, does. And, and, um, 
to say that is just wrong and uh, a broad generalization of uh, gay people. Uh, obviously, there are gay people who don't care about feminism or uh, the rights of women, um, but there are also numerous uh, of us who who, who do. So um, I, I take offense to that, a great offense to that, because I've always been someone who is incredibly, incredibly supportive of rights for, for women, equality for women. And um, they have their own struggle as well. And uh, to say that we don't um, understand that is ridiculous. So fuck you. Rose McGowan. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's caused a lot of brouhaha today about that. And she issued, she issued an apology. I didn't read it. Yeah, she said something, I don't know, her publicist or someone released some sort of apology about it. And uh, I haven't read it, but um, whatever she said, the fact is she's, she's dead wrong. So um, um, someone else, you know, speaking of, of rights, standing up for rights, um, Leah Deloria, if you watch the show, Orange is the New Black, she plays, um, I can't remember her name, but she plays the big butch dyke lesbian on the show on uh, Orange is the New Black. And she's she's openly gay in real life. She's a lesbian. And um, she was on uh, the subway in New York City. And um, some preacher guy was preaching some black uh, African type dude. It's almost always a black African because Africans are so completely nuts. I mean, I say Africans, I mean people from Africa uh, about religion. They're like religious zealots. That's why in, you know, in Africa we have those laws um, against gays where it's illegal to be gay in some of the countries in Africa. Other countries you can be beheaded or hung for being gay or for even there was a gay wedding or something in Africa. I think it was Africa. Um, I think it was Africa. Um, pretty sure it was Africa, somewhere in Africa, some country in Africa, um, where there was a gay wedding and the people who just attended the wedding are being imprisoned. Okay. Just, or just for appearing in a video at a gay wedding. So, you know, it, it is the stone ages there. It really is. And, um, so a lot of people who come out of there, you know, Africans, uh, have that, that mentality about gays, this horrible, um, horribly anti-gay mentality, even more so than, than Southerners in general. <laughs> I mean, really bad, really like behead them, kill them all horrible mentality. So anyway, this guy was, he, he, he looked like he was, uh, uh, an immigrant or something. And he was on the subway literally Bible thumping. He had his Bible in his hand, thumping his Bible and saying, you know, gays are evil and going to hell and blah, blah, blah. So she just happened to be on the subway when this guy was uh, proselytizing his message from what he said the Bible said about gay people. And she's there with her black t-shirt, which is bad Jew on it, bad Jew on her t-shirt, which is hilarious. Um, and, um, she stands up and she actually, you know, she actually uh, responds to what this guy uh, was saying. I mean, she was saying essentially that this guy doesn't have the right to say these things and da da da. So I just wanted to play the clip for you so you can hear what she had to say. Jesus, love you. You have no right. You have no right. I have to tell you the truth. You have absolutely no right. No right. Jesus never said for you to do this, ever. 
Not anywhere in the Bible. Show me anywhere in the Bible where it says it's okay for you to do this. You show me where Jesus told you to do this. But don't just read me one quote, sir. You better read me the whole thing. Because about two lines after what you're about to read me, it's going to tell you not to eat pork. It's going to tell you not to wear clothes that are made of mixed fiber. Don't come at me because I went to Catholic school for 12 years and I know every line. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you. I want you to stop telling us anything. You do not have the right to do this. You do not have the right to do this. This is mass transportation. And as long as you keep talking, sir, we're the only two left on this train, then so be it. As long as you keep talking, I'll keep talking. You do not have the right. So if you want to press your faith, go into another train. <laughs> that's it but anyway yeah so basically the gist of it if you couldn't understand everything we're saying you know he's proselytizing and she's telling him how why he's wrong and why the bible uh, quotes or verses he's quoting are incorrect in relation to being gay and how the bible contradicts itself and how it's hypocritical and blah 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 and then he goes on about um, Sodom and Gomorrah and calls her, and he, ultimately he calls her a dyke at the end. And um, <clears throat> so I just think that's, in, that's fantastic. And that's something that I would do <laughs> myself. And if I were confronted with someone like that, I mean, I've had situations like that where I've gone off on people that I've met uh, in public. <clears throat> and it's not something that I uh, am afraid to do. I probably should be afraid because I probably get shot or something, but I do think that, um, but I do think that, you know, really, it's really great that people do actually stand up for themselves against homophobia. The good thing is, is that people like her exist and she's got a great platform being a, uh, on a hit show on television that's renewed every year. And, um, she had something to say and she said it. So I really admire that. And that's what I've always said about people who are, um, part of the solution in this country. Um, when it comes to homophobia or any kind of racism or bigotry of any kind, it's incredible to me um, when people do that because they are part of the solution. The people who are part of the problem and not just the people who like this guy who is sitting there proselytizing his religion and putting it in everyone else's faces and telling how wrong everyone else is or gay people are or whatever. It's the people who remain silent and don't say anything as well. People who don't stand up to these bullies, which is what they are. They're, this guy is no different than the people from the Westboro Baptist Church or, or people of that ilk. Um, the people who don't stand up to this kind of um, zealotry are, and just by remaining silent, you know, as they say, as the saying goes, by remaining silent, you are deemed to consent. 
So by not saying anything, it's, you might as well be agreeing with the person. Um, and I have no respect for that. I mean, sometimes obviously, literally to not stand up to someone makes sense. Obviously, if you're in fear of your life or if you're um, being threatened or something of that nature, fine. Um, but if that's not the case and you're in a, an environment where you're relatively safe and people aren't going to harm you or whatever, and you can speak out, you can speak out without being, without fear of reprisal in terms of um, being harmed in some way, then for God's sakes, do it. I mean, if you're asked your opinion on something, don't just say, I don't know, actually have a fucking opinion. So it always really is uh, disconcerting to me when people are acting as if uh, having an opinion on something uh, that goes against the majority is automatically something that should be kept under lock and key. When in reality, that's exactly what we need. We need dissension in this country and uh, we need it anywhere in regards to any political or civil rights issue, because without dissension, nothing ever changes. Even if someone disagrees with you, you know, on something, the fact that you're having a conversation and that you're even able to have a conversation about it in this country, in America, uh, means a, a great deal. That's what's great about the United States of America. We can have these discussions. We can have these disagreements. We can have this, this back and forth. However, you know, of course, I'm on one side of the issue and others are on the other side. So is one side right? Is one side wrong? Yes. In this particular case, there is a right side and a wrong side, just as there always have been throughout human history when dealing with <clears throat> civil rights or human rights. Um, yes, there is a right side and a wrong side, not just about, it's not just about whom, who, whose opinion it is. It's about what is right in terms of human, um, human rights. So when it comes to, for example, Nazi Germany and what they did with the Jews, was there a right side and a wrong side? Yes. Uh, when it comes to slavery, was there a right side and a wrong side? Yes. When it comes to the oppression and misogyny, you know, misogyny of women, is there a right side and a wrong side? Yes. When it comes to the oppression of gay people in this country, is there a right side and a wrong side? Yes. Is there a right side? Yes. These things are, are not really debatable except to people who are incredibly, um, incredibly bigoted and close-minded and, you know, frankly, stupid and ignorant, <laughs> basically. Um, people have this idea that just because you believe something, and this applies to myself or anyone else, um, that it's right. No, if you can't back up what you believe with, with facts and logic and et cetera, not just emotional, um, you know, feelings, then that is not something you really have a leg to stand on. You have to actually have something to back it up. And so when it comes to these things like civil liberties and human rights, people actually have to have a basic basis to stand on. And if you look out through human history, we have that, but I'm not going to go into that in great detail. I just wanted to say that it's wonderful. This woman did this. It's wonderful. She did that. And I can't, I can't thank her enough. So I love people like that. I love lesbians like that, especially I love, <laughs> I like, I love big bulldocky lesbians because they're always like, so, just like, don't give a fuck. And I love that. Anyway, that's it. So, um, speaking of hypocrisy though, Facebook had, um, posted, uh, well, actually a friend of mine on Facebook, um, he actually had posted on his Facebook about, um, a picture of he himself kissing his, his boyfriend. And when he was kissing his boyfriend, um, he, uh, posted it or whatever. And, Facebook said this 
picture is not acceptable because it's lascivious or salacious or whatever. And he, and so he, they took it off and wouldn't allow him to use it. And so he was pissed off and he asked them what the hell's the problem. And they wouldn't really give him any explanation except for what they said already. And then he goes in and he, he pulls and compiles a bunch of pictures of what had already been shown previously, um, which had been, uh, by other people on, on on Facebook, they were all heterosexual images of like very salacious sexual pictures of nude nude people having sex or new people kissing or making out or whatever. And he was just giving his boyfriend a peck on the on the mouth. He wasn't actually like doing anything you know overtly sexual. Yet they did not block or do not block any of those. So there's a great deal of hypocrisy with Facebook. And you know this is not the first time this time type of thing has happened on the site. This has happened before um, with other people, and it's. It's, you know, disconcerting because people are actually allowing this to go on. Now, Facebook is a free service. Facebook, can, you know, it's free. It's free to us, essentially, okay? We know we don't pay a monthly f- service fee to use Facebook. And so when a service is free, I basically say people can do what the fuck they want, generally speaking, on that site. Now, is it right for them to do this? No. But do they have the right to do it? Yeah, it's their site. They can determine and dictate what is actually to be shown and what isn't. It's up to them. It's not up to us because we're not fucking paying them anything. If we were paying them, it would be different. Now, obviously, they make money through advertisers, and that's fine. But it's not up to us to dictate to Facebook what they can and cannot put on their site. That's just like saying in my site, offlimitshow.com, if someone were to come and say, well, you can't put that on there because I don't agree with it, blah, blah, blah. Or if I decide to edit something out of my site that I didn't like or whatever, I could do the same thing. So is it right for them to do that? No. But do they have the right to do it? Yes. So Ben, I'm sorry (laughs) to have the right to do it. Is it wrong? Yes. I disagree with it completely. Is it a double standard? Yes. Is it hypocrisy? Is it hypocrisy? Yes, absolutely. Um, HIV. Okay. So there's this HIV law, um, in some States, um, where people, one of them being in Illinois, where a man uh, was detained without a warrant in an HIV disclosure case. Um, He was preparing to meet with detectives in Chicago over allegations that he failed to disclose his alleged HIV positive status to a partner. Um, But instead they just arrested him anyway. And so this, this issue, this, this story is not so much about HIV disclosure, although we'll just talk about that too. It's, it's more about the fact that people are um, being detained without a warrant. Now, you know, most people know through your, you know, your government class that you most of us took in this country, um, in high school that you, or middle school, that you can't be detained without a warrant for your arrest. You have to have a warrant for your arrest, which is approved and reviewed by, um, the, the judge in the area and, and somebody else I can't remember. So it, it's not just like some, a, a cop just decides to go and arrest you. Um, and they arrest you. No, now they have something, um, in Chicago specifically and other cities throughout the country um, that they call, um, what do they call it? It's, it's called an investigative alert. And um, the, the alert is extra, extrajudicial. So meaning it's outside of the judicial process completely. It only requires that a detective sign off 
saying that they found probable cause that you committed a crime. But there's no review by a prosecutor. There's no review by a judge. It's all about what one cop thinks, and that's it. And that is what is frightening. Um, you know, our rights in this country, uh, as gay people, as people, as human beings, whatever, are being trampled on because people are allowing this to continue to go on. And it's completely ludicrous that you would be arrested without due process, without, you know, those types of things. Um, so I find it to be, you know, really fucking incredible that people have been so willing to allow this to continue. And it's happening in other states as well, um, where where cities and, and jurisdictions are trying to do this the same thing. So it's really wrong. And, you know, our rights as gay people are being trampled on. Um, but anyway, not just gay people, people in general. But anyway, this particular case is about HIV disclosure. And I was thinking, you know, is it right or wrong to make people go to jail for not disclosing their HIV status? And I, I think it's a very um, tricky question, you know. I I am HIV negative and have have had friends who are HIV positive, and I I, I would not and I've, I've dated people who are HIV positive when I was younger. I when I was single, I did date people who were HIV positive, knowingly you know that they were HIV positive, but I had safe sex with them. Um, so I knew that they were HIV positive when I went to bed with them. And I just made the choice, the, the choice of myself to actually take responsibility for myself and make sure that we had safe sex. And I didn't do anything that was going to put me at, um, at risk, uh, by having sex with this person who I dated for six months. Um, anyway, so, um, the question is the onus on the person who's actually, uh, the positive person or the negative person to protect themselves. Is it the positive person's responsibility to protect the negative person and disclose that they have HIV or is it the um, responsibility of the negative person period to just protect themselves and to assume that everyone has HIV and just have sex that way. That's what I would do if I were still dating and out there. I would always assume that whomever I'm sleeping with has HIV, even if they don't, even if I know they don't, because you, you never know what they think they know. They may think they're negative and they could be positive. Um, and unfortunately these days, you know, barebacking is huge in porn barebacking is huge in, in practice uh throughout the gay community especially with younger younger kids and you know i've discussed this on a show before how frightening and scary it is to me how many uh young of the younger generation in the gay population are going around and having indiscriminate sex with strangers and barebacking, you know, unprotected sex. Um, that is incredibly frightening because, you know, I grew up in the nineties and, you know, the late eighties or in through the nineties, um, late, yeah, late eighties through early nineties that I was a kid, a teenager. And, um, I, I, you know, fortunately came out really young when I was 14. And so I was very aware of HIV and uh, all of that because of the news. And I was taught safe sex to some degree. Well, I don't know if I was taught safe sex. My mom, you know, <laughs> didn't really talk to me about sex at all. Um, but I, I, you know, figured it out on my own, obviously. Uh, but I protected myself as much as I could, uh, when I was younger in the nineties. And I, I had known people, I've known people who I knew in the nineties who were older than me, like in their twenties or whatever, early twenties who died later because they had HIV, they had AIDS actually, they died of AIDS. Um, so I, 
grew up thinking HIV and AIDS was something you definitely want to protect yourself from. You do not want to get at any cost. You want to make sure that you do not get it because it's a horrible disease and you will die most likely from it. And if you don't die, you'll have a really miserable life, um, a quality of life. And that's the, that's the kind of picture is painted. You know, when I was uh, 15, 16, I think 16, I watched the movie called Longtime Companion, which is about the AIDS crisis and beginning in the 80s and everything else. And um, how they saw all their friends dying and, and how horrible they they looked as a result of it, some of them, and they just wasted away and they were young and they died. And there's been many movies like that since then, but that was one of the movies that shaped my opinion of HIV when I was a kid. And so growing up as a teenager and into my twenties and stuff, I was very, very, uh, safe sex oriented and all, almost all of my, yeah, I'd say all of my friends were as well. And so we grew up in an era where the era directly after AIDS came about and uh, the era that had to deal with the ramifications of what happened in the 80s when AIDS was around, we were the first generation to have to deal with it and have to kind of find our way through it and still have be able to have sex and have relationships and things like that, but try to protect ourselves. And so the incidence of AIDS and HIV went down drastically through the 90s and, and the, through the 2000s and, and so on. And then now it's going back on the upswing again in the gay community and the uh, 18 to 25 uh, range. I mean, that's the highest incident of HIV in this country in our community. And that's because that the twinks essentially are barebacking so much and just having unprotected sex. And like I've said before, the reason for that is, is they look at it as something they kind of off in the ether. They don't think about it as something that can affect them. You know, when you're young, you think you're invincible, blah, 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 all that kind of bullshit. To some degree, you think that way, maybe subconsciously, you don't think it'll never happen to you. And, but also it's been so romanticized, believe it or not, HIV in advertising and also in, um, in, in porn and in media and things like that and how people just basically pop a pill and they have a great life or whatever they live and they climbing mountains or whatever they have in the ad. But in reality, they don't tell you the fact that they have to have, they have severe diarrhea, they have severe cramps, they have dry mouth, they have whatever the case may be, or they're wasting away and their face wastes away eventually. And that's usually just AIDS. But my point is that there are side effects of those pills and those things that those people have to take. And so these kids, these young kids in our community these days just think, Oh, well, I'll just take a pill. And, you know, I've always said, you know, my advice to you is if you're in a young, if you're a young person, I say young person, I mean like under 25, um, or even under 30 these days, I'm getting so old. Um, if you're younger, if you're a young person and you're not protecting yourself, it is a bad idea. You know, yes, you can take a pill or a cocktail of pills or whatever, and you can probably live a decent life uh, being HIV positive. But if you are, if you become HIV positive, you're going to have to deal with something you wouldn't have to have dealt with otherwise. And you're going to have to have the financial burden of taking medicine, which I've heard is extremely expensive and very, very, very expensive, even with insurance still, um, these days. And so, and why take on the burden the additional burden of having to deal with that bullshit? If you don't have to uh, just protect yourself, use the fucking condom. Yeah. Condoms suck. I mean, they, they suck, but it's better than being sick and dying younger than you have to and having to deal with all the fucking bullshit and not to mention the stigma of being HIV positive or having AIDS, which you shouldn't have a stigma, but it does. So I just wanted to say that about that because I think it's something that's very important to deal with. Now, speaking of all that though, um, there is a study that came out. Now there've been several studies 
uh, about uh, gay men and this particular topic, and this particular topic being how um, bottoming, being a bottom, you know, can cause cancer or causes cancer. There's an actual, um, uh, it's a very comprehensive survey and study of men, gay men who bottom uh, for several different partners over their lifetime um, by the University of Montreal in Canada. And their conclusion was that they are at a higher risk of prostate cancer than men who do not uh, have anal sex or are receptive partners of anal sex. And they, they found that men who bottomed for more than 20 male partners in their lifetime more than doubled their risk for prostate cancer, which means that would be me too. <laughs> I'm versatile, but that would be me too. I'm sometimes a top, sometimes a bottom, depending on the guy I was with. But, um, <laughs> and you know, anyway, so if I definitely bottomed, you know, throughout my life for more than 20 men. <laughs> um, no, I'm not a huge slut, but anyway, I definitely have. And so I think that, that that's the majority of gay men have had more than 20 partners that they bottomed for if they're bottom at all. Um, so I think that it's, it's very, um, interesting, um, because the reason they say that the reason that they say that this happens is because of, you know, when you're on the bottom and the penis is, is pressing up against your prostate, which is what makes it feel, feels good. Um, what's makes your, your uh, orgasm so intense or whatever too, is that it traumatizes the prostate they say, and it releases a what they say they call a prostate specific antigen. Um, it's a chemical that essentially can cause cancer in the area. So I don't know if it's true. The, the reason I say that is also because there've been studies like this previously that have been debunked and have been proven not to be true. And this is of course, just one study from one and you know, one, uh, university, but sometimes they have, they have um, their agendas. Sometimes they they want to prove that it's 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 a negative in a way, so that um, gay people may not may not you know they want to prove that gay people are wrong or, or whatever their own way, and they want to somehow um, make it uh, dangerous and make it sound like gay people are bad for doing having gay sex or whatever. Um, of course, it's not just it's not just gay men who have who bottom. It's straight men too. I mean, there's straight men who like to have dildos stuck up their asses or with their girlfriends, fuck them with a dil a strap on or the fingers in their ass or whatever. So it's the same thing. So it's not just gay men. It's just men period who like anal sex as receptive as a receptive partner. So it is important to, um, you know, research this and find out if it's true or not, but I don't know. I think it's probably not, not true because if that were, I mean, if it were true, I think that there'd be more gay men with prostate cancer. And I don't think there are that many gay men with prostate cancer as a result of bottoming. I don't know who the fuck knows. I don't know. But the, the bottom line is, is it going to stop gay men from having anal sex? Hell no, of course not. So it doesn't really matter. Um, I guess the, the point of the article is that gay people, gay men who do bottom should absolutely get themselves checked, uh, for prostate cancer, especially after the age of 40, um, through a blood test to, to determine if they have um, an enlarged prostate and also if they have the antigens for cancer in their blood. So be sure and check yourself out. If you are a bottom, an exclusive bottom or you are versatile bottom or whatever you are, if you do that at all, be sure to have yourself checked out earlier than they say for generally for heterosexual men who don't have um, anal sex sometimes, most of the time, uh, like at the age of 40 instead of the age of 50, it's important. <clears throat> and the last thing I want to talk about is, um, there was a, um, um, before I go, 
we had the 2014 elections this week, you know, of course, and uh, the midterm elections and um, a lot of senators and things like that. And in Texas, we had, we were having the, um, part of ours was for voting for the governor of Texas. Now, we were voting between Wendy Davis, who was the Democrat, and Greg Abbott, who was the Republican. And Greg Abbott is this complete, ugh, I mean, just total douchebag who wouldn't even debate with Wendy Davis except for one time, even though most most governors or every governor before him have had several debates, three, four, five debates throughout the state, you know, like on a campaign trail. But he refused to do to debate her, mainly because he's an asshole and because he was trying to show he didn't have to do it or whatever. And also because I think he was probably afraid to debate her because a lot of his policies and issues are really um, bad for Texas. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that she was going to be the the new governor. If she'd become the new governor, it would have really changed Texas for the first time in many, many years since Ann Richards to a blue state where we were going to have much more um, liberal leaning, um, you know, justices of our Supreme court in the state. And also, um, people appointed to higher positions in the state who were going to be more friendly for gay people and more friendly for women and more, you know, she's the one that filibustered in the state Capitol for like 48 hours or something or 36 hours or whatever straight just standing there. Um, and, trying to not have the abortion law that Perry, our governor, was trying to pass, which was making it more difficult for women to have abortions in the state. Ultimately, that did pass because he vetoed it or whatever, and ultimately did um, go through. But she was an, was sort of the beacon of hope in the state because I live here, I've lived here all my life, and it is a you know Republican, I call it Republican land because that's what it is. A lot of conservatives, a lot of people who hate gay people, a lot of people who hate black people, a lot of people who hate Mexicans, a lot of people who hate women, a lot of people who hate anything that's not white, heterosexual, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, male, they hate here. Um, and you know, you may ask, why the fuck am I still here? I ask myself that question all the time. I've had this discussion on on air with you before as my, my audience. And I don't know. I, it's just mostly because of my roots here are so deep and I've been here so long and my businesses are here. My family's here. My house is here and, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's not something you like, you can just pick up and move away. But honestly, I was so disappointed yesterday, although I didn't really think she was going to win. I just, uh, there was a huge sweep, not just in Texas, but across the country where, um, as a result, Republicans took the uh, Senate back. Uh, so now they have, they own they have control of the Senate and the House, and then there's Obama's branch, you know, by itself <laughs> on the liberal side um, as the president. So that means that. Um, things are going to be even harder to pass. They've already been difficult to pass because of Republicans. Um, they vetoed so many things or wouldn't allow many laws that Obama and the, the liberal agenda, as I call it, we were trying to get passed. Uh, the conservative agenda wouldn't allow it. So now it's going to be even harder. The good thing is Obama can veto the things that they're going to try to pass. They're going to try to pass a bunch of fucking laws, one of which may be to try to repeal uh, or reinstate um, DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, which won't happen because it's been ruled against in the Supreme Court. But anyway, they may try. But also trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, which is Obamacare, you know, people sometimes call it, um, which has provided millions of people with health insurance that they could not have gotten otherwise, not just because some of, sometimes that not all of that is subsidized. Some of it is, some of it isn't. But um, it provides health insurance for anybody who wants it. 
no matter what your previous uh, um, conditions may be, you know, um, pre-existing conditions, which was something that insurance companies often rejected people based on. And that uh, prevented a lot of people from getting health insurance or having it at all. Now you're required to have it in this country. And millions and millions of people now have it as a result of that. And if it doesn't happen, um, if it does happen that they try to repeal it or whatever, it's going to really mean a lot of people, including me, gay people, uh, are no longer going to have health insurance. And and a lot of gay people are disproportionately without health insurance because um, there's a lot of people who are gay who don't have the financial wherewithal. A lot of gay people are working like retail or, or, or lower end jobs or something of that nature. When I say lower end, I mean income wise. Um, so I think that that it's going to hurt our cultural, um, you know, our people as well as everybody else disproportionately. So my point is going to be though, is that, you know, I voted and my friends voted and people I know voted who voted for people we wanted to put into office. Um, but it makes you just very disheartened when you realize you're, you're going to continue to have to fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. This great thing we've had going so long in America with gay rights and having, um, you know, gays have um, rights to marry and other other things in this country, sweeping the country. Um, they're going to try to reverse all of that and try so hard to make it more difficult through states' rights and things of that nature. I don't think it's going to actually necessarily happen. But my point is, I'm fucking tired of fucking fighting. Can't we just have our fucking rights already? Leave us the fuck alone. Go back to your little house with your little wife and your two kids and your picket fence or whatever, and you know, eat your your steak and potatoes and, and leave us the fuck alone. All we want to do is live our lives and in peace and without fear of being fucking concentration camp victims like they have like happened in in, um, in Nazi Germany. And it and I honestly do feel that the Republicans essentially are becoming our Nazi Germany, you know, the Taliban of America, the um, Tea Party, the the Republicans are all kind of in cahoots and libertarians, as they call themselves, are all pretty much the same thing. Um, and so I find them to be, you know, frightening in the sense that they're so completely ignorant and stupid that you can't you can't have a rational discussion with them. And anyone I can have a rational discussion with scares me because I really do think they're crazy <laughs> and crazy people will do anything. They will fucking fucking shoot you or fucking try to kill you or whatever. If you don't agree with them or, or harm you or take away your rights. So I guess my, my bottom line is, is just vote for the people. If you're not voting, first of all, it's, you're part of the fucking problem. We have 14 million people, I think, in Texas or something, or 14 million. We may have more than that, but I think 14 million people, voters in Texas, that's what it was, and only 5 million voted. Okay, 14 million people who are registered to vote in Texas and only 5 million voted. That is a shame. And the other part of it is that the young generation, the millennials, are the ones that won the elections in the Obama uh, elections from the his, both first term and second term, it's because of them that we won. This time they they never turn out for midterm elections; they only turn out for the big ones usually. So 
as a result of that, we go back and forth like on a seesaw between these fucking people who hate gay people and these people who actually support gay people. So we go back and forth, back and forth. So fucking millennials out there, you know, that means you're probably under 25 or whatever. If you're under that age and you're not voting, you're a part of the fucking problem. Vote. There's no fucking reason for you not to vote. Vote, for God's sakes. If you want your future to look like fucking Nazi Germany, then don't vote. But if you want it to actually mean you'll have freedom as a gay person, equality under the law, just like everyone else, vote. Because if you don't vote, it's your own fucking fault, okay? <laughs> all right, so that's all I have to say for tonight. I want to thank you for listening to the show. I will be back on, uh, I don't know when I'll be back, but I'll be back probably next time for um, Brain Purge or something like that. And um, be sure to check me out, as I said, on offlimitshow.com. And I'll be back uh, next week. Thanks a lot. your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 